Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our slash pro revenge, where this healthcare worker is forced to call the national news on a bunch of students partying at 4 a.m. in the height of lockdown. Keeping me up at night with your parties, enjoy being shamed on the national news. In September of 2020, the apartment next to mine was let out to two young women, both students. After they settled in a bit, it turned out they wanted to have a party. No big deal, except Belgium was in full lockdown at this point due to COVID and you were supposed to only have one fixed visitor over. But then again, to be young again, etc. So I didn't really care. During this time, I was working in healthcare. I work with the mentally disabled, but I volunteered for the ad hoc COVID team, meaning I got called upon to tend to those residents who were sick and needed quarantining or were effectively diagnosed with COVID. This meant pretty long working hours and I spent about 10 to 11 hours a day at work with a full hour bike ride to and from. Needless to say, I was pretty tired pretty much all of the time. So I wasn't looking forward to the noise from a party, but I'm pretty chill and I know that living in the city, some noise is to be expected. So they're having their party and I can stand some noise and music But this party was freaking wild. People shouting full on in the hallway, wrecking things, etc. At about four in the morning, I introduced myself to the neighbors and asked them when they could expect their company, plus 20 people, to leave. And if they could refrain from having a party the next day, as I have to work and get up at 6 a.m. every day. So they promised they'd keep it down the rest of the nights, they didn't, and that they wouldn't have a party the next day. Plot twist, they did have another party and then did another one the day after. At this point, I'd been going a full three nights without sleep and was nearing neurosis. Every night I'd talk to the girls and every night they'd be full of apologies and stuff, but nothing would change. I also felt terrible when I had to enter their place because it would be absolutely packed with people and I work with some very vulnerable people at work who I would not want to spread COVID to. This was pre-tests, pre-vaccines, pretty much the knowledge we now have about COVID. Luckily, the weekend came and they went to their parents and I could recover a bit. Suffice to say, I wasn't really liking my new neighbors. During the next few weeks, they refrained from big parties, but they would have a constant flood of people coming over during the night. And by constant, I mean constant. Like their bell would ring 70 times a night and people would always be coming or going. And those people would be drunk and loud. Our communal hallway is pretty much an echo chamber because it's all stone and any noise will travel throughout the building. Basically, I couldn't rely on sleeping at night. It drove me crazy. I could only sleep Friday through Sunday because then they'd go off to their parents or whatever. I couldn't grasp how they could know this many people that would always be coming and going. During one night, while knocking on their door to complain about the noise, I encountered my upstairs neighbor who was also on Reddit. And I decided that we would have to join forces to get this to stop. My neighbor told me some important bits of information. The reason there were people coming and going all the time was because they used their apartment as a makeshift bar or hangouts. During this time, bars were closed due to COVID and all those students were using the big apartment to hang out. 
Moreover, across the street was another frat house with five boys living there. And that too was a secret hangout. So people would hang out at those two places and cross the street if they wanted a different atmosphere or wanted to see other friends. And the boys from across the street would also come over 15 times a night. Most visitors seemed to be law students or affiliated with them. Basically, our communal hallway was just a part of their cafe space now. So we tried talking to the girls. Then we started to talk to the visitors. None of them had any sympathy for us when we were asking them to be quiet at four in the morning. Most of them just laughed at us as we were the pesky neighbors, no doubt. Even more of them were just so wasted that they didn't know what they were doing. So we started calling the police dozens of times. Most of the time they weren't let in and police told us they couldn't do anything. We kept calling as we wanted a record of our calls in the system. Belgium was still in full lockdown at this point and what they were doing was full on illegal. Even so, the police told us their hands were tied if they wouldn't open the door. When the police couldn't help, I turned to the next best thing. I'm a social worker and so I have no problems looking up information and calling around to look for help. And this is what I did. Most places, student unions, police, town hall, were understanding but couldn't really do much. So I acted on the suggestion of the upstairs neighbor and contacted one of the girls, Dean. I shot him a nice email about sorry to have bothered him and taking up his time, but I had this big group of students from his faculty ganging up every night and maybe he wanted to know about it since they were breaking every possible COVID rule that existed at the time. Especially since me and my neighbor were about to go to the papers with this story as secret lockdown parties were becoming a thing in the papers at this point. This dean called me back right away and we had a nice talk about our problems. He told me he was on it. So basically what he did was call the law student girl and her parents. Big drama ensued and we finally got to sit down with the girls and they finally sounded like they were sorry. Tears were shed, for which I had no patience to be honest. We learned that the police had actually been inside a few times and they were issued tickets for having secret parties. Those were 300 euros each a pop, so I've got no idea why they didn't just stop. We learned that they were not happy because the dean had called them up at 11 o'clock and they were still asleep. To which I said, well, that's a you problem. You're still asleep at 11 o'clock. I'm up at six every day and you girls haven't been a bit understanding about that. So we got to feel a bit like we got our revenge and we got to vent, but we kept it kind of nice and parted in good terms hoping that this would be it and we could live together as nice neighbors. But if that were the case, I wouldn't be here, right? You'd think they would have gotten the point now and would refrain from making noise and partying. Well, you'd be wrong. Basically, what they did was they moved the frat house across the street and started partying there. There were slightly less people running to and fro, but the noise was still a problem and we were now in the middle of the second COVID wave and these people were meeting up with big groups like crazy while I hadn't done so in almost a year. Never mind the people at my work who were forbidden from even going to their own freaking family. The whole thing was just ridiculous. My upstairs neighbor happened to film such a party across the streets and had sent the clip to me. We were thinking about going to the press with our story, but we weren't really sure if it would be a good idea. So instead, I posted the clip of the party on the subreddit of our country 
to test the waters. It got quite some comments and upvotes, and it seemed most people were also sick of people disregarding the rules and having secret parties. After more chats with the upstairs neighbor, we decided to contact the press and simultaneously go up a step in the university hierarchy and contact the vice rector that had the power to start up a disciplinary case against those students. This person is one of 12 vice rectors for a total campus of about 15,000 students, so quite high up. Things moved fast. Local news actually picked up our story from Reddit and contacted me, and we gave some background info. They confirmed with the police that cops had been dozens of times to our address and across the street and weren't let in most of the time. We mentioned that the university was involved and that we hoped they would finally intervene. The next day, the piece was on their websites. It went viral there and got promoted to the sites of most national newspapers. This headline was sensational enough, mentioning the dozens of times police had showed up and also mentioning how healthcare workers were being kept up by these selfish students. At the same time, the vice rector contacted us to take our statements, which we already had prepared up on paper and informed us they would investigate and could possibly start up disciplinary actions. At the same time, more reporters were contacting me throughout the day and we made sure to mention that to her and link the university the printed articles. The next day, while at work, I got a message from the upstairs neighbor that a film crew from the National News was at our doorstep. He declined to talk to them, and I would have done the same since this was getting pretty big now, but they made a segment anyway. And sure enough, that night at seven, here was my street and a short section about cops standing in front of a closed door a dozen times and the local press cop talking about the troubles of closed doors. Best part about it was that a student from the offending frat house across the street had let the film crew in and said on camera exactly what we were accusing them of towards the university. That they'd been having parties and didn't let the cops in and that they'd done it multiple times. I've got no idea what made him think that that was a good idea. Anyway, try not to make a huge story even longer. The press died down some time later, thank God, and the disciplinary action from the uni went through. Before the hearing, we sat down with the girls from our block and cleared some things up. We wanted to live like normal people together and we tried to make some amends. Because we put in a kind of good word for them, they got the lighter end of the stick. 40 hours of community service and some probation. The guys across the street got 80 hours each and they each had to write us a letter of apology, which I thoroughly enjoyed reading every time I got one. The sad part is that most of them sounded just like dumb young kids, but that was after getting called out on the news and being part of a disciplinary action but we never wanted to escalate things this far. Some noise is to be expected when living in the same building and we were never going to go to these extremes for some expected noise. But these people went to the extremes and so we were forced to do the same. For the rest of the year, a simple message on WhatsApp was enough to silence any noises we had coming from their apartments. If anything, I hope they learned that even very polite and chilled people can become very upset when presented with sleep deprivation and excessive noise. Yeah, I think that last sentence is so accurate. I mean, it's clear that OP is a very understanding person. They've come across like that their entire post. They know that a little bit of noise is to be expected. The occasional party, whatever, it's life. These people are young, they're students. It's obviously gonna happen, no drama. 
But when you go to this length, these extremes, being not just selfish with your neighbors and their time and having parties at night and, you know, stopping your neighbors from sleeping and doing their jobs, but also doing illegal stuff, yeah, then it's too far. I mean, to be honest, these students are lucky that they only had to deal with these sort of neighbors that were pretty kind and generous, let's be honest. Like, if you'd had worse neighbors here, or I guess even more normal neighbors, less understanding, less compassionate people like OP, then uh, yeah, this could have been a lot more serious. I'm not gonna lie. Ultimately, a bit of community service for going against COVID guidelines, something that was legal in Belgium at this time, is extremely lucky. And you're very fortunate that OP was your neighbor and not someone that wanted to, you know, dob you in a little bit more. Oh, and by the way, I assume a lot of you are wondering where the video is that OP's neighbor took. And um, yeah, it's on screen. Enjoy this. I'm going to narrate it for the audio viewers. Pretty much just across the street, there's a fat party going on. And remember, this is in the height of lockdown. It's not what you want to see. <laughs> to be fair you can hear the bass and that is the thing that carries there is no way you're sleeping through that so ridiculous and listen i quite like a party myself guys i'll be honest with you but not in the height of lockdown and not every single night do something else. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now for our next story of revenge. Make a developmentally disabled boy cry, lose your family. My former boss is the worst human being I've ever met. He did all sorts of things to mess with anyone he didn't like. So a while ago, I was at a family event in a local park, walking with a young boy from our family who was developmentally disabled with Down syndrome, Ben. Ben does fairly well, all things considered, but he's always been sensitive to anyone making fun of the way he looks or his condition. We're just having a good time on our little stroll, Ben and I both enjoying the day. Along comes my boss, walking towards him. I'll call him Rob. I cringe at seeing him, but smile and say hello to play nice. He says, There's something you don't see every day. A pair of ugly arsler walking together. At this, Ben bursts into tears as Rob laughs and walks off. I deal with Ben and ignore Rob. I'm super angry and trying to calm Ben down because for a few minutes, he was totally distraught. Finally, I get Ben to focus on how he has me and a lot of other awesome friends and family and that Rob is a stranger and what he thinks doesn't matter. We walked some more and I saw that Rob was at the park with his wife and teen daughter having a cookout and he'd apparently been on his way back to his family from a trip to the toilets when he saw us. Back to being super angry. I went back to our gathering and talked to an adult cousin of mine, Jake, telling him what had happened. Now, Jake wanted to get revenge on Rob, but I reminded him that this was my boss. I didn't want Rob to be able to know the revenge had anything to do with me because then he'd make my work life even worse than he already did. So Jake asked me for anything I knew about Rob that might help. I told Jake a bunch of things, but the relevant info here is that Rob liked to drink a particular kind of locally made beer at a certain bar. Robert talked of having a drink there on the previous Friday night while his wife and daughter were away visiting her family. 
Also, Robert recently told a story at work about his wife's obsession with a particular little green fictional character. Let's call it Yabi Boda. Turns out his wife kept a stuffed Yabi Boda on their bed at all times. Now, I wasn't there for the revenge setup itself because I didn't want Rob to see me, but Jake filled in the details afterwards. It was basically this. Jake approached Rob and put an arm around his shoulders and tried to kiss him. Rob pushes him off. What are you doing? Rob's family is now paying attention. I'm just so excited to see you, sweetie. Friday night was so amazing, says Jake. What are you talking about? Seriously? You're going to act like you don't remember now? I know you're a bit tipsy after all of those local beers at the local bar, but certainly you remember what happened later. What? Nothing happened later or ever. I don't even know your name, said Rob. Really? But you were screaming it on Friday. At this point, Rob turned red. You lying son of Rob's wife at this point interrupts. Listen, I don't know who you are, but this is my husband. I'm sure you've mistaken him for someone else. Please just leave us alone. Oh, no, I'm not mistaken, says Jake. We had the best sex ever on Friday night, and now he's acting like he doesn't even know me. No, I told you this is my husband. You're mistaken. Oh, maybe I am. I guess it was someone else who took me back to his place on, he says, Rob Street and had great sex with me on the bed right next to Yabi Boda. Sorry. Jake turns and walks away. He then overhears Rob's wife saying to Rob, Oh my God, Rob, what is wrong with you? You're gay now? Really? Already long story made a bit shorter. Rob's wife wasn't real happy with him anyway, and this was apparently the tipping point that made her file for divorce soon thereafter. Rob frequently complained at work in the following months about how he didn't care about his wife, but really missed his daughter, and how much it sucked to live in his new place compared to his old home. Every time he complained about his lack of a home life at work, I knew he did it to himself when he was mean to a developmentally disabled kid. The best part is he never figured out that I was involved at all. I mean, that is quite possibly the most simple revenge, but the most effective revenge that I've seen in a long time. Literally one conversation to just decimate a man's entire life. How good is that? And also, even though Rob knows that none of this happened, of course, and he doesn't know who Jake is, imagine being in that position. You don't know who this guy is, but he's saying the most unbelievably specific facts about you. Like, he obviously knows who you are. He knows there's a baby Yoda on your bedsheets. He knows where you live. He knows things about you. He knows what beer you like drinking. How does that even, like, how can you even comprehend that? I'd be so, I'd be so baffled. I mean, to be honest with you, with all the specific details that Jake was giving, I might even think that I was there on that day. I'd have to hold my hands up and say to my wife, you know what, look, maybe this guy's right. I don't think it happened, but hey, how can he know all this? It's just, it's just great revenge. It really is. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 